I'm so happy to be back. Yeah, we've. Uh, oh, we're getting some static there. Feedback. I'm all. I'm, feedback, I'm all Eric. rusty. <laughs> Eric Lang show. I haven't. I haven't had my voice in about a week. I'll be honest. I did start talking. Really? At I, what? At what point? About um, like two days ago, like five days in. I basically i I had gone two months with having. If you if you aren't familiar with the backstory, I'll fill you in on a previous episode. I'd gone about two months with. Um, this kind of like Clint Eastwood voice, you know, I went to a party in January and I yelled, I mean, and I yelled, I yelled all week long, the PGA show. And, um, then I don't know. It just, my voice just started to sound older and older and older. And I just, funny enough, I got better and better looking as that happened. <laughs> People were looking at me and they were like, are you, are you Clint Eastwood or James Earl Jones? And I was like, neither. And, um, Finally, I went to the doctor and she stuck a 15 inch pixie stick down my throat, Mm. which I think I talked about last week or you talked about Jeff. Yeah. Sounds pretty scary, which you've never snorted. (laughs) No, no. I could have guessed. (laughs) And, um, you know, she was like, it looks bad down there. And it does. Like she showed me this time, this, when I went back in this week Yeah, and she gave me the thumbs up to start talking again, she showed it to me. And do you know what your vocal cord looks like? No, I don't. It's disgusting. <laughs> have you ever been inside of a spaceship? <laughs> and you know how they have like the hatches that you have to go through? Yeah. It looks like a hatch, but it's made out of flesh. <laughs> <laughs> and mine is also like red. And Did, wa- didn't you say you had a, a vocal a vocal cyst, right? So I had three things that apparently all mean the same thing. I had a polyp, I had a cyst, and I had a blister, depending oh. on who you ask. Depending on where you went to college. <laughs> so anyway, the the funny thing is that the first time I went in, she put this camera down my nose, up my nose. It's like a worm. It goes up the nose and then back down the throat. And But before she does that, she puts in this numbing spray, which is like, it's so awful. I mean, it's like lemon juice in your face, in your eyes. And so I had to, I felt like I needed to sneeze for like an hour afterwards. So when I went in um, the other day, I was like, um, no, no nasal spray because it's supposed to numb you. Mm. I was like, I'm not doing it. I want it raw. And she was like, <laughs> she raised her eyebrows and she was like, all right. I was like, I want to feel it. You know, I just want to feel it. And, um, she, so she did it and I was fine with it. What's going on with my volume? Hello. 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 Volume. One, two, three, one. Ooh, oh, now I'm all over the place. How is everybody? I'm so happy to be able to talk. What is it like not being able to talk? Oh, man, it is very, very strange. You have these normal interactions that I think are only a like, couple sentences. Like, what is it like out in public? Yeah. yeah. You, you have these normal interactions that are a couple sentences long that you, I think, come to rely on. At least I do. And to not be able to say hi to the clerk at Whole Foods, I mean, that's tough, man. <laughs> you know? I got to wave. And then I point to my throat. We're getting ready to go shoot our first big episode of Adventures in Golf. Uh, today I'm leaving on the plane. Can we say where you're going? Happy Monday, folks. It's um, Japan. Yeah. Japan. And um, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about it in a minute. But but uh, what, what were we talking about? We're talking about what it's like being out in the world and not being able to speak. Yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah. weirdness of that. So, so a guy came over to the house to help me prep for uh, getting ready to go. To Japan, he was dealing with them. The, the it was a guy I never met, and he's he's a tailor, and he's coming to tailor my pants. That's that's the level I'm at. <laughs> it sounds totally <laughs> fucked up, but like, you know, I needed a tailor. The pants were too long. I have to wear these particular pants. You'll find out why soon. Um, and you know, they didn't fit, but I didn't have time to go to the tailor. You know, so my assistant gets this guy to come over, and he comes in. And it's like, he comes at eight in the morning and he comes in and I'm, I'm holding my dry erase that has a printed sentence on it that says, hi, I can't talk. <laughs> I have a polyp on my cyst. <laughs> it's already weird enough that he's coming to your house. Like, yeah. And his license plate is, yeah. his license plate is J cuffs. <laughs> By the way, how much does it cost to get pants tailored? Go. 
Uh, well, it's LA, so a thousand dollars. No, really. How much do you think it should cost? Uh, two fifty. What? Two hundred fifty dollars? Yeah, Jeff. And you're doing business with me. <laughs> That's why you charge me so much. <laughs> Are you aware of the dollar value currently? No, to, to get your pants tailored, just to trim them. Oh, just to trim them? Yeah. Okay. I thought you were looking for something a little more extensive. Maybe fifty bucks. Are you serious? That's what you think it costs. <laughs> Tell me what you think it costs. Wow, you're going to a great tailor. Have you never gotten pants tailored? I have, but uh, how much did they cost you? I, it was a rental, so they did it. It was a tuxedo uh, rental. Yeah. Normally, it's like twenty or thirty bucks. Okay. J cuffs thirty bucks, and he comes to your house, delivery. So anyway, he comes in to do the pants, <laughs> and I show him the dry erase that says I can't talk, and then. So I pull out the dry erase and I start writing on it. And I'm like, I need these pants to be like these pants. Because I have a pair of pants that I love, that I always wear. And I wanted my new pants to be the same as those. You know, it's all about yeah. fit, folks. Got to have them fit right. <laughs> you know, you can't go into a football game with some loose-fitting uniform, you know. Yeah. It's got to be tight. Got to be precise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I t- so I write down, I want these pants to be like these pants. And... He goes, he nods. And that only cost $50? 30 Oh, 30 Okay. Yeah, delivery. Gotcha. He's in my house. He's got like velvet slippers and his name is Jay Cuffs. <laughs> I said, so I said, I want these pants to be like these pants. And he, and he, he wrote it down and then he puts a thumbs up and then he grabs the dry erase from me and starts writing. And I was like, I'm not <laughs> deaf. <laughs> but I just let him do it anyway. I just let him do it. And then I te- then like he texted me later in the day, and I was like, "BTW, I'm not deaf. I'm only <laughs> mute for the next couple of days." It's an interesting social experiment. Do you think people treated you better out in the world? No, they stared at me. When I would like go someplace and I would point at my throat, <laughs> they would just stare at me. Also, some people are better than others at reading lips. Mm. Some people are really good at it. I've noticed. Some people are like, "I got nothing." Like it's like literally, it's like a language. Yeah, I don't know. Lip reads are hard. So anyway, I can talk. I'm so happy to be here. I feel just, it feels like, um, it feels like I was sick, you know, like I had a flu, even though I felt fine. I wouldn't leave the house. I, I went four days without leaving the house. One day I hurt my back. So I postmated a back massager. By the way, how much does it cost? How much more does it cost? I, I did go back to Postmates. but it wasn't that food. was $1,000. But it wasn't food. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, the massager was 30 bucks, and to Postmate it was 4 Four dollars. Dollars? Okay. So basically. And then you tipped probably, right? I gave him, I gave him 15%. Okay. Yeah. But to go back to the Postmates thing, I still use it, but not for food. Sometimes yeah. I did use it for food. And then I Instacarted my Whole Foods order. And then I, I mean, basically I turned into like a hermit very quickly. Well, I mean, we live in a time now where you can do so much so via much. your phone. You don't have yeah. to leave your house ever. You can be completely antisocial. Totally. And I'm like, well, I'm not even antisocial. I'm texting and I'm on Instagram and I'm like, yeah. you know, out there. But all but, these apps like allow you just to not communicate with anybody. Yeah. It's sad. But it was great. <laughs> I loved it. Part, part of me loved it. Honestly, I didn't get that as much work done as I thought I would, which was kind of sad. But anyway. So what was uh, interesting because you posted something on Instagram saying, you know, what if my voice never comes back? I forgot about that. That was a dark day. (laughs) (laughs) That was really dark. I didn't really like that day. Um, All right. So where are we? Let's see. I got to come. What are we doing here? We got. uh, Oh, yeah, guys, I got I got bad news for everybody. That recipe I gave you for the cookies. It's not correct. What? Well, I mean, it's the <laughs> it's the recipe to the cookies that I made, but those aren't the cookies that you should make. Oh, you mean the shitty cookies? Yeah, mean? they're not good. <laughs> I have better cookies. There's a better recipe. Uh, so I'm gonna tell you now. I'll I'll post this too. But basically, it's are you are you writing this down? No one's gonna write it down. It's two and a quarter. Cu- okay, so what you do? Well, they is can always take, just repeat listening to this yeah, to get the recipe. You take three quarter cup sugar, coconut sugar, and then you take. Uh, one egg and you mix that together and that becomes really soupy and good and then you throw in uh, the no I'm wrong I fucked it up already you take the three quarter cup coconut sugar and you put in a half a cup 
of coconut oil. You mix those together. Coconut oil's gotta be room temperature. You mix those up. And then you throw in an egg and the vanilla. One egg and a tea and a and a teaspoon vanilla. Okay, and then you mix those up. And then you throw in baking soda and uh salt, a little bit of salt. How much baking soda? A teaspoon. Half a teaspoon. Fuck. <laughs> Half a teaspoon. And then uh yeah, just I'm gonna post this. Go to my Instagram, I'm gonna post it. I'm gonna it's gonna be fine. And you like semi memorize this, you're not reading off of anything. No, I'm totally memorized. Oh, it is so okay. No, I don't it's not written anywhere. This exists in the ether of, of my head. Okay, so then you take the baking soda and then you take the um and then you take the two and a half two and a quarter cups almond flour and you mix that all in. And then you put in a cup of chocolate chips. And the, I like the big chocolate chips, the one that are shaped like rectangles. And then you put that in. And then you put that in the fridge for one hour. Okay. And then you pull them out and you take, they're smaller. You want them to be about the size of a ping pong ball. And then you put them on the cookie sheet and you put them in the oven for about 12 minutes. 350. I'm really sorry about the mix-up, guys. Those are the paleo cookies that you should be eating. They so if anybody made the cookies with the incorrect recipe... Let us know how they came out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hashtag Eric Lang show and hashtag refund. And I will send you back. I'll send you a good cookie. Well, that, do you think you can send a cookie? You can do whatever you want, right? Freeze it. And you know, yeah. a lot of people do that with cheesecakes, freeze a cheesecake and then you FedEx it. <laughs> how do you know that? Because, uh, Junior's Deli in Brooklyn. That's oh, yeah. what they do. They're famous for their cheesecakes. People order true? them all the time. I didn't know that. So, um, yeah, we're going to Japan, uh, leaving in a couple hours. I'm so excited. Um, Japan, I mean, we're going to do a lot of recording there. Um, I don't know exactly if we're going to do another episode of the podcast in Japan. I mean, I feel like we should, but I don't quite know what to do yet. You know? Well, you're going to shoot, uh, adventures in golf, right? Right. That's true. I wonder if I can tell you what we're shooting. I feel like you could guess. Not you, but the person listening. Hello. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you breathing. Well, I remember the first episode you shot in Japan for Adventures in Golf. That was the hole-in-one insurance, right? Yes. The hole-in-one insurance. We went to Japan, and apparently they'll sell you insurance in case you get a hole-in-one. Because when you get a hole-in-one, you have to pay everybody like in gifts. So I bought the insurance at the highest price and tried to get a hole-in-one. I came close. I got a birdie. I got two. Two is one. Two and one are very different, though, as we all know. Yeah. Can't imagine it. Um, so the things I'm looking to get in Japan are I want to get a sweet pair of shoes because they have different shoes there. Even like Adidas and Nike, like they'll sell, they'll send different shoes to Japan than they have in America. You know, they manufacture items just specifically for markets. Markets, exactly. Yeah. So like I'm... I've bought my first pair of Ultra Boost I bought in Japan, and now I'm like an addicted Ultra Boost guy. So I'm going to find, I want to get, I think, two pairs of shoes. I'm going to budget myself. But I'm going to try to, you know, I want to savor the experience of the shopping. You know, I want to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like when you go play a nice golf course, you just want to like get there early and like have a coffee and then go like hit a few putts and then go to the driving range and breathe. It in, you know, you get the full experience. Yeah, I'm gonna do that in Japan with shoes shopping. So, how do you balance enjoying the trip versus the work you have to do? Well, um, hopefully, my executive producers from Scratch TV or the PGA Tour aren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I book extra time. You know what I mean? I have to. Yeah, I have to because this is why I do the show. You know what I mean? I do it because I enjoy it. And so, if I'm not gonna, if I'm just gonna go in and out. I'd rather just stay here and make more money, you know? Yeah. I, I have, and this is actually a common thing I've been hearing about is people our age will travel for a work trip and then tack a few days on. Um, some tourism companies have reached out to me actually to shoot like um, a series around that particular demo, which is people, you know, going to X place, you know, yeah. for work, Orlando say, and then staying for three days to play golf or whatever. I mean, I think it is 
I think, you know, I mean, the world is getting more and more smaller, kind of like global, you know, like you could live anywhere. By the way, if you could live anywhere, Jeff, where would it be? Uh, I love Los Angeles. I knew so. you were going to say that. <laughs> How did you know I was going to say I that? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> well, I'd say Los Angeles or New York City. I'll live those anywhere with those two places. <laughs> Literally, send me to Reykjavik. <laughs> send me to fucking, uh, you know. Why Why so much hate for LA and New York? Valdostova. Is that even the town? <laughs> Um, I'm just ready to bail. You know, I just want some peace and quiet. I just want to lose my voice and go live in the woods. Yeah. Maybe I'll go back to the ENT when I get checked up again and she'll be like, you're totally healed. And I'll be like, take him out. <laughs> and she'll be like, what? And I'm like the vocal cords. It'll be like a vasectomy for my vocal cords. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you put them back in and they sound different? <laughs> Wow. I never thought I'd say that. But I mean, it's really peaceful, you know, like. So you're looking to like really just like cut off the world in a way. Yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm going to Walt Whitman it. You know, I'm going to throw Will Henry David throw it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't trust you as far as I can Henry David throw you. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back, guys. It took me a few minutes to get back into the podcast. I fucked up the recipe. I felt really bad. But now we're here. Yeah. Jeff, any. uh any thoughts? Uh, could I bring up a golf-related topic, or is that too like away from the thing? I, well, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I, just, I just, oh well, the one thing I, before you do, yes, yes, okay. But I want to get the shoes, but also I want to get knives, knives, Japanese knives, because I don't have good knives right now. So I want to get really good knives. I want to get a sweet sharpening stone. I even want to get a little leather case, like a chef, you know. Except I'm just a guy. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like I just want like little knife kit. Can you fly with that? No. Why? No. It's a full-on weapon. What do you <laughs> well, do? How are you going to purchase it and bring it back here? Check in your suitcase. Uh, you can check a firearm. Not that I would know. I'm not a big firearm guy. I don't know if you could tell. I'm on fire. <laughs> Comedically. Not right now. This I apologize. This episode is sort of a solid B minus. I apologize. This is kind of like a practice. This is like we're at the driving range. Yeah, you're trying is, to like get your... Uh... This is like rehabilitation. I'm going through <laughs> rehab right now. My voice... It actually hurts a little bit. My voice hurts. Which is funny to say. Because my voice isn't a thing. My Are there exercises voice. that you have to do to get your voice back in gear? <laughs> I didn't ask. She told me no coffee. What, what have I had today? Like 9,000 cups of hot coffee. <laughs> Because apparently, like, the thing is, like, you know, you've got two pipes, right? Yeah. You got they vibrate. One, you've got one. No, no. You've got one pipe that's your mouth and then the back of your throat. And then your throat goes down and then it goes into two pipes. And one is for food and one is for air, obviously, right? Did you know this? Yeah. Well, I was talking to the cords. The cords, like, vibrate. And, say, yeah. And yeah. then you've got the air, the air pipe, which is the, yeah. um, I don't know what that's called. But, you know, you got the air pipe. And that's got the vocal cords in it. And then you've got the other one, which is the food pipe. And the problem is if you drink coffee or other like acidic food, the acid comes up the food pipe and then falls back down into the air pipe and it gets on the vocal cords and kind of burns them a little bit. Mm. You know, that's why you get like a dry throat sometimes after drinking coffee. Yeah. Like acid rain. You get, that's called acid rain in the medical industry. (laughs) It's also, and then, so what happens is, so what is interesting is she had this camera down my throat and at one point she goes, don't swallow. And I'm like, uh, okay, there's literally a worm inside my nose. I can feel it in my throat. And she goes, don't swallow. And then afterwards, I was like, why shouldn't I have swallowed? She's like, because it would have activated your gag reflex and you would have choked all over my camera and it would have been really bad. And it just got me thinking about the gag, the gag reflex. And I tried to not be crude with her, you know, but I was like, come on. Like when someone's like, you know, could go the whole way, you know, what is that? Like, that's like, and she couldn't really explain it. She said that it's part mental. <laughs> I was like, so you got to be crazy. And she, anyway, I felt, I was like, I started to get a little, um, inappropriate. I started to, well, I started, well, I was like, look, not to be crude, but I'm just curious, you know, like, <laughs> I just, I just had to know. Anyway, she said it's mostly mental, the gag reflex. And then, Whatever she said, don't swallow. So, <laughs> but no, but to me, while well, yeah. did I steer us off into an area that's just <laughs> too hot? 
Um, moving on. What else? So the knives. I want knives. That's it. Knives and shoes. And you know what's actually really funny? Knives is, and shoes, your two favorite things. <laughs> did, you, did you know what they tell you? Have you ever, have you ever heard of uh, gift superstitions? No. So it's like a thing where what you're not supposed to give someone. You're not, if you're in a relationship with someone, you're never supposed to give them shoes because then they'll walk away. And you're never supposed to give them a knife because then they'll cut you. And it's funny that I want to go to Japan and just pick up knives and shoes. But hey, fuck it, you know? What do you think that means unconsciously? It means so that I don't give it. I just mean I'm not superstitious at all. I'm really not. I don't believe in ghosts. None of that stuff. What do you want to talk about with golf? Did you go to the range and you want some swing tips? Oh, no. I was curious. Tiger was playing better last week and then he kind of dipped this week. What do you think happened there? Well, I mean, to go back to the millions of press conferences that Tiger's done, he would probably just answer with something like, it's golf. But what do you think happened? I don't know, guys. Like, I came on this podcast a few episodes ago. I professed my dislike for the man. And then I found myself turning on the television on Thursday when he was playing in the Valspar, wanting him to win. And I think that's the interesting human experience is that now Tiger's the underdog. You know, um, he's the, he is the Cinderella story in some ways, you know, can he come back from his own mistakes? I watched that movie lock last night, L O C K E Tom Hardy in a car for 90 minutes, just making phone calls. It's a really interesting, I heard that's really good. It's really good. And he basically is recovering from a mistake he made like a man. Now, I don't know if Tiger dealt with his mistake. I, I don't know. I mean, he did come on and do a commercial that said, I'm sorry. I don't want to talk about Tiger too much. I mean, well, I mean, it's interesting because, um, you know, you posted a picture about John Daly yeah. on in your Instagram, but I think the difference between John Daly and Tiger Woods is that John Daly, you know, he lives, you know, what he is, yeah. you know, un- unapologetically good or bad. That's what he is. You know, that's what he projects out there into the world. Right. Tiger projected something completely different mm. and then was covering up everything that he had been doing. So that's where you kind of feel that, uh, you know, ingenuousness from him. Sure. Yeah, I see that. I see that. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, I think think part of it is owning it, right? Yeah, if if you're just like, yo, this is me, you know, like, that's really uh, esteemable. Yeah, disingenuous. I was using ingenuous. I don't know why I was using a... Well, isn't ingenuous... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, disingenuous? I dropped out of high school, (laughs) so... I support I think it was whatever. Disingenuous. Any word over eight letters, I'm just going to nod at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, oh, I had a, um, I had a cool guys. I just want to tell you, like, when you send messages through whatever, you know, through the email or anything like that, or through the Instagram, like, it really means a lot to me. It makes my day. Like, I love it. Um, you know, I really, it, it, it to me, it's sort of a big reason to do this because obviously i don't know if it's clear to you at home but there are no sponsors and we are not making any money so you know just want you to know that (laughs) venmo me money at no i'm kidding but we are going to start selling stuff that'll be cool um but i got this one letter i wanted to read uh on instagram it said uh, i admire uh the telling of stories about places in golf and i was wondering about how you deal with more old school and exclusive tendencies of the game. Like, my wife can't stand it when a club has a men's only bar or restaurant, not to mention all the clubs that still restrict members by race. Ugh. How do you deal with these places? And maybe even people who kind of rub you the wrong way and who don't really jive with your goal of making a game more accessible? I mean, what a great question. That is a huge thing for me, you know? Like, um, that's a huge, huge thing. I mean, Wilshire, my, my country club that I'm a member of, which I never, ever thought I would be a member of a country club. But, you know, when you're married to um, someone who is very rich and famous and they crave privacy, joining a country club made sense. And she paid for it. And I was like, great. I'd love that. You know, this, I love golf. <laughs> like, I love it. I'll, I'll play it in any way possible. And now I've been, I've been shelling out the cash for it on my own for the past little while. And, yeah, I mean, I think about it all the time, right? Like... Is it worth it? What am I, what am I doing here? You know, what is this? And, you know, I mean, the answer changes a lot every day.
Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. And my interesting experience was not growing up in a crunchy club atmosphere, not growing up in a private um, you know, world, really. My parents are both from the Midwest and they're just very, you know, hi, how are you? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just, they're just good people. Um, they, they, you know, they live in Manhattan now. They moved into Manhattan when they were uh, in their sixties and uh, they just go get pizza. You know, they're not going to openings. They're not going to fancy restaurants. They go to the Met cause it's free. By the way, if you didn't know that the Met is free, you don't have to pay. And they, uh, they have a little apartment with Ikea furniture, you know, and they just, they just walk around. They, they get out of it what I get out of it. They, they taught me kind of how to do this. So, but anyway, not growing up in that, now being a member at this club, it's very, um, it's very strange. And for a long time in the beginning, I would walk around feeling different. Not only because I am, right? I don't fit in. My hair is weird. Um, you know, if you had a silhouette of everybody at the club, mine would be like <laughs> orange, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like it doesn't, it doesn't fit really into that mold. And, and for a long time, I, uh, I kind of felt very weird about it and I would go to the club and I would kind of leave feeling worse than I did when I got there. I didn't go to college. I wasn't in a fraternity. I, 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 I played a lot of individual sports like tennis. I didn't, I wasn't like a soccer guy. I wasn't like, yeah, let's all do that. So it's kind of a loner for a lot of my life. And I think that's what attracted me to golf, right? In the beginning was like, oh, this sport is totally autonomous. All I need is gravity and a couple tools and I can go play this game. You know, I, I've learned now after adventures in golf, I don't even need a fucking golf course. <laughs> I don't need grass, right? You can play in the streets. Yeah. I don't need a glove. I don't need a brand new club, Right. And to say it's playing golf is almost like you can watch golf on TV and play golf. That's I think I wonder if the same part of the brain is activated. But um, so anyway, I'd feel weird going in and out of the club. And I struggled with it for a while. And the irony of the struggle is I felt bad struggling with it because I was like, look how good my life is. You know, I can afford to play golf at such a nice circumstance. But yet I leave feeling unfulfilled. And so I decided that I was going to address it. And the way I was going to address it was I was going to talk to people about it. Everybody I saw, I was just going to be super honest. So I'd run into, you know, uh, so-and-so, um, you know, and I, I talked about it with about a dozen people. One of the guys I talked about it was a really great guy. Um, I'll just leave him anonymous, but you know, anyway, he's my friend and I'll be like, yo man, like, I just feel like I don't fit in here. And he goes, I feel the same way. I was like, no, but you're the guy, you're country club guy. <laughs> and he goes, nah, I just, you're not alone, man. It's just, and then I talked about it with an older guy, you know, and I was like, yeah, I just feel weird. And he's like, no, we love one of the old presidents, you know, it's an old Italian guy, tinted glasses, cashmere golf shirt, you know, he's like, no, Eric, we love young guys like you, you know, you're, you're the next phase of golf and, and we embrace that here. And I mean, I got like choked up on a few of these conversations and then all of a sudden it kind of went away and I realized that like I have a place here and I think in some ways that feeling of having a place here was valuable, not just on the golf course, but in life, you know, like, um, you know, you walk into a place and you have to believe that people want to talk to you or else what are you going to do? How are you going to experience those moments? Like going to the masters, you know, that that's, I'm sure that I will have these feelings come up of like, uh, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not actually golf media. I'm not, I have nothing to say. I'm just a wannabe David Faraday from America, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. So that's one part of the story is, is I just got real, real with people. And I think that's part of what my kind of shtick is on this podcast is it's like, I got nothing, there's nothing to hide. That's why I like it unedited. You know, we experimented with that, how to make a podcast. And it turns out the one we like the best is just, this is just us. 
So that's part of it. I mean, then how do you deal with the, go ahead. I was going to say to go back to uh, the person's question about the really conservative, close-minded attitudes, like he was saying, like, you know, male only restaurants and golf clubs or racial discrimination, which is a big thing in some country clubs. Yeah. Well, what's funny is, um, the, the sexism came up because at Wilshire, there's a hot tub and a sauna and a steam room in the men's locker room, but in the women's locker room, I don't know what's in there, but there's not a hot tub. And yeah, Sia was pissed about it. Like she was like, that's fucked up. And actually we were thinking of joining Lakeside, which is across the hill. And we didn't because they're closed to women on like Monday and Tuesday. Hmm. And I was kind of like, that's a little aggressive. Uh, you know, like why? Like what is the benefit? What is the purpose? You know, golf does definitely have some of that still left over. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to line up an interview with Paige Spiranak because I mean, she has this perspective too. In some ways, it's another side of the coin, which is she's like, you know, unfortunately trying to be successful in her business and she can you, continues to get like objectified. And in some ways, it's like the vegan CEO of Burger King, you know, doesn't eat burgers, but gives them what they want, you know? And it's like, well, you know, I mean, it's just, it's all very complicated. The whole sexism thing. I just kind of went on a bit of a tangent, but anyway, how do you deal with it? I mean, you voice your opinion. You don't hold back. You, you, you got to, um, you know, let, let people come up with their own opinions You've got to let people be sexist if they're going to do it. You can't, you can't, I'm not an activist, right? I'm not going to go do that. I'm not, I'm not going to go march, right? I'm just not. I'm kind of like Amish in that way. You know, I met these Amish people in Pennsylvania and I met them and I said, hey, are you going to vote? It was the first Obama election. I said, are you going to vote? And they said, no. I was like, well, don't you care about the outcome? And they're like, God will take care of it. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> that's fucking heavy. It was kind of cool. Like you said, I don't I have complicated belief in God. I don't understand it. I don't claim to. I believe in coincidences. I believe in a lot of other weird stuff. But, you know, I, 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 I disagree with that. I, I do think voting is valuable for your, for what you believe in. But, you know, I mean, and again, like, here's the thing, like I, people will come at me and say, we need activists. In you know. golf, spe- specifically? Well, I, mean, I don't know if we need to march on some... The problem with golf is that you're talking about private institutions. So Mirfield is saying, you know, no women members. We're voting on it. We're allowed to make that decision. Is it wrong? Yes. Are they allowed to do it? Also, yes. If someone was like, do you want to go play Mirfield? What would I say? Yeah. You wouldn't <laughs> protest... Uh... Yeah, well, I mean, like, they, they make decisions. And I yeah. think in some ways, like I said, you know, you get more with sugar than you do with pepper. I said this the other day with the John Daly thing. Like, I really do feel like, you know, like me boycotting anything is not going to help. I think in a way, like, I think the most important thing in life is merely our experience of it. I think happiness is not a selfish virtue. Happiness is not a selfish aim, right? So I can go to LACC, right? LA Country Club, the more exclusive of LA, where you got to wear pants, and they don't allow entertainment people in. And they were, you know, lo- like a lot of golf clubs, anti-Semitic and racist and stuff like that. Like, I can go there. What, what am I going to do? Go to the front desk and be like, uh, you know, it's not, it doesn't, I, I'm just going to go and have fun and be myself. And, well, here's what someone did, actually. I was playing golf about six months ago with somebody. It was a caddy, actually. I was playing golf with the caddy and he, we were referring to a group ahead and he said, uh, well, yeah, they're Asian. And I was like, they were playing slow. I think he said, yeah, they're Asian. And I said, well, what does that have to do with it? He said, well, Asians play slow. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I'd prefer if you didn't like, it was a small thing, you know, but it was just like, what, like, it, that's not even relevant. There are people that are playing slow. That's the weird thing when you zoom out and you're just like, we all find so many ways to be different. And I think all I can really do is try to say that we're better off if we find ways to be similar. And I do that ideally through this form of entertainment, you know, ideally through, 
you know, I've gotten messages from people that have been so sweet saying, you rekindled my love for golf. Because you know, golf is a game that's hated. It can get hate. Like, people have golfism. Yeah. You know, people, people want to hate on golf. And the truth is, you can hate on some golfers, but the game doesn't exist in other people. It doesn't exist in a golf course. It doesn't exist in your clubs or on TV. The game is the feeling inside of you that's like a curiosity. Can I do this? Can I do this better or different? Or can I, you know, and so all of that stuff, I mean, the exclusivity of it and stuff, I mean, it's unfortunately there. You got to play by the rules if you're going to do that. You know, you got to wear a collared shirt if you're going to do it. I happen to think I look pretty good in a collared shirt. Would I wear it if I didn't have to? Fuck no. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wear a t-shirt consistently. You know, I like sweats. I played Tory Pines in sweats. <laughs> it's a very expensive round. But you know what I mean? Like, But I, you can like set the tone, you know, the way you do and put everything out into the world in a positive way. And, yeah. You know, that can trickle down eventually into making little changes here and there. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I, I, I'm one of my biggest like causes is like more dogs on the golf course. Cause it's just like, it's so dumb. That I'm not allowed to bring a dog. Meanwhile, there's a deer taking a shit right over there. <laughs> and there's like a goose like barking, but I can't bring my little dog. Yeah. You know, who just wants to run around in the grass. Like, by the way, that dog owns this property more than any of us. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I just think like you, you, your world is your world and you will see it how you want to see it. And so you allow yourself to say, to look at whatever you want to look at. Right. So if golf is a game that's, you know, exclusive and sexist and racist, well, then that's what it is. But I don't actually see it that way. I see that there are people that way, but those people exist that way for every part of their life. There are racist people in delis, in prisons. You know what I mean? Every industry is going to have that. Yeah. So like golf has it. Yes. It's a little bit more prevalent because golf is a financial sport and finance in some ways is the biggest ism, you know, money ism. I don't know. Classism, I guess. I don't know what that is, but you know, I'm wealthy. I'm in first class. There's a curtain between you and I. That whole social hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's really funny is having lived in the farthest forward tip of the plane for several years I got to see something really interesting one is it's not really more fun it's more comfortable but there's also a lot more problems up there people are bitches <laughs> if you if you add a zero to your salary you know what you get you get another zero but you also get a fucking you become a bitch you really do the more money you make with a few exceptions obviously but you know What's funny is the third season of Adventures in Golf is happening, right? We're producing it. And it has been by far the most complicated because there are all sorts of these sort of underlying partnerships and brands. And now I got to pick locations that are sort of quote unquote better. Why? Not because I said so, because someone else said so. And I'm, and I get pissed about it. I want to smoke a cigarette after these fucking conference calls where they're just like trying to tell me where I should go for my show. Meanwhile, I started this show literally with like yeah i don't know if you know this but the first season we shot like my budget was negative 100 percent of what it actually cost so i went to all these places because i had other people pay you know what i mean and i'll gladly tell them that like you know like i went and did a job for them and i did i did it great and i supplied them with what they asked for but then i also stayed longer and i shot my dream which was this show kind of like you know we're going to japan now we're just going to take a vacation. We're going to go to this place called Awaji Island. I can't wait. Also, a cherry blossom season. Oh, very lucky. Yeah, I brought yeah. all my pink outfits. <laughs> I can't wait to go to Japan. But I mean, you know, it's just one of those things that I let's let me. Am I missing something with this letter? How do I deal with it? You just got to have a good attitude. I think that's what it all comes down to. So this guy's saying that his wife, his wife can't stand it when a club has a men's only bar or restaurant. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a, that's an interesting topic. Cause you have a responsibility to your wife at that point. If she doesn't want to go there, you just got to suck it up and you got to find another place. You know what I mean? Cause that's, that's for me, the responsibility there. Like, you know, um, or, you know, you just, or you go both ways. You say, fine, I'll do something. The problem is as a white male, you're, there's not a lot of places you aren't allowed, which is actually really fucked up. So even the fact that I'm even commenting on this is just totally stupid. I should not be being answering questions like this. 
I should find someone. I should go interview Condoleezza Rice, member at Augusta, LOL. You know what I mean? But like, I, I should interview somebody who actually does have this problem. Yeah, who can give more context. Yeah. Well, I do know that, and I can't remember if I said this already on the well, podcast. Should we say the person who we're interviewing coming up? LPGA golfer? Michelle Wade. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's coming. That's going to be another month or so. But, um, but you know, she uh, wears like spandex. And I was like, how do you wear spandex? She's like, the, the Nike pays my fines. So I just need to find someone to pay my fines. For, <laughs> but that's, it's the thing, man. I don't know. Like if your wife gets upset, like she has a reason to, dude. She's the one being singled out. It's easy for me to be like, well, I you just got to have a good his attitude. His wife probably sees it as, you know, it's discriminating against her and all women from yeah. entering this place and to yeah. perpetuate that type of sexism, Yeah, you know, just by being a member of that club. That's yeah. probably how she sees it. Like, you know, he's part of the problem by being a member there. Yeah. I mean, I, here's particularly, I, I disagree with it wholeheartedly, obviously, as anybody would. And any, any human, if they really backed off, they got to disagree with this kind of shit. But like, what do you do? Well, I guess you could call and be like, that's fucked up. But in the same way as it's like, that's like kind of me calling my neighbor and being like, yo, you're, you're, I don't like your music. I find it offensive. You're, the music says things that are offensive to me. Well, they're allowed to do it. Like that's the, that's the craziest part about America. Really. If you look at it, like, I guess, would you rather have other freedoms stripped away that you do value? Like that, that's the weird part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you have a society where everybody has their opinion yet, you know, you're going to naturally disagree with some of those opinions that are put out there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. I think, I think I wish I had thought about it more before I read it, (laughs) but it's a great question. You know, it really is like, like, I don't know. I mean, but I think it's, you know, part of, you know, you talk about opening up golf more. So, yeah. You know, these are just the issues that are still present in the world of golf. How much time do we have? What are we doing here? What are we? Uh, 40 minutes. All right. We got, we got a few minutes here. I want to do this. Um, so I was just on Hallie's, um, Hallie Ledbetter does a PGA tour radio show. Um, and it's really rad. And they said, um, they were talking about how to grow the game. They, they, they said some really nice things to me, like, you know, golf needs you or whatever they said. Really, really nice things. And um, they were talking about how to grow the game. And, and I kind of wasn't expecting that question, but I was thinking about it. Like, it's, it's really just within you. And it's however you kind of approach that game, you know. And I think on some level, I don't know if you've been following along on, uh, on Instagram. I'm trying to do this thing where I play a random foursome, you know, where I play golf once a week when my schedule permits with three people that I don't really know that don't know each other. And the goal is to like embrace an, an attitude of inclusivity, radical inclusivity. And really that that's what golf is missing. If you, if if you want to talk about the problems with golf, I would rather talk about the solution, right? If you want to talk about how it's sexist and racist and exclusive and financial and money and private and da, 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 I would rather just go in the other direction and promote inclusivity, right? So it's almost like that's mathematics. You know what I mean? Like I focus on the problem. Well, I'm more of a solution guy. I'd rather just focus on the solution. So how do I play golf with as many different people as possible? How do I do a golf show about breaking the stereotype? How do I get people who otherwise would say golf is not for me to try it and actually fall in love with it and play it their way? Because that's what we're missing is we're missing the the militia. We're missing the Minutemen, the front lines. We're missing the people that are going out there and saying, I put my money here on this course, the public one. Right? I I do this. You know, my 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 membership at Wilshire is very open, right? There's, there's, no, there's no issue there. There's the hot tub in the women's locker room, that's an issue. Now, I think the women need to fight for that. I'm not gonna go in there and be like, the women need a hot tub. That's kind of creepy, first of all. Second of all, if they don't want a hot tub, why? I don't like my hot tub. It's filled with chlorine. It's disgusting. I don't even use it. Now, the sauna, that that is a hot ticket item. I don't know if they have a sauna or not. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm not going to. So so I say just live in the solution there, you know, and not ignore the problem. But the solution is for me, play golf with a lot of different types of people. You know, do this podcast where I'm basically trying to make golf entertaining. 
right? Uh, invite people to talk about golf that aren't golfers, you know, entertainers and people who have a perspective that will work for golfers and for non-golfers. You know, that that's the idea here really is, you know, I've gotten a few messages from people saying, I don't care about golf, but I listen to your podcast and it's got me, <laughs> it's got me questioning things, <laughs> but that's what happened to me without my fucking brother who I'm the complete opposite of, right? He's a lawyer. He's con- conservative. He lives in Atlanta. He's very different from me, right? He, uh, you know, he, he went to college, higher education, you know, um, he drives an a, a American car, you know, whatever it is, like everything. He actually doesn't drive an American car, Japanese car. I drive European cars, obviously. <laughs> Come on. You could guess, right? You have a European car too, Jeff. I didn't notice that. Yeah. I didn't know you also drive a Beamer. Yeah. Do you feel bad as a Jew driving a Beamer? Do you think about Maybe it? Maybe more so with a Mercedes. If I drive. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think about it though, Russell? Uh, yeah. I mean, moving on so anyway that's it you know i think it's about inclusivity i think i think it's about the salt and pepper thing the sugar and pepper thing you get more with sugar than you do with pepper so i'm gonna be nice to someone who i think is you know quote snubbing me or whatever you know hey how are you you know we have something in common right we both have hearts teardrop i think that's the solution to everything you know forming dialogues with people who you would normally not have conversations with people yeah. outside of that social circle that you live in you know everybody sort of wants to be comfortable but sometimes you really have to push that comfort level yeah yeah i think that's the biggest part of it all right i gotta go I'm gonna get on this fucking gonna get on the plane i'm so excited <laughs> are you leaving today on the plane leaving today cool and uh we have a great crew this is going to be the best crew in the words of Donald Trump. This is the greatest crew that's ever existed. And it'll be the best episode of any show ever in Japan. Now we got Stuart, uh, my friend, Stuart, my best friend, Stuart. He and I met at a party. I had just gotten back from Scotland. My first trip two or three years ago, and I went to a birthday party and I heard a Scottish accent. And I looked around and I found out who it was. And I said, are you from Scotland? He said, yeah. And I said, do you like golf? He said, yeah. I said, what's your number? (laughs) And we literally like, uh, he was like, I'm leaving town for a few months because I got to go back to Australia. That's where I live. But I will be back in LA and I'll text you. So three months later on a Sunday night at about 10 PM, he texted me and said, Hey, it's Stuart. We met at that party. I'm from Scotland. I'm back in town. And I was like, meet me at 7 AM. We're going to play golf. Nine hours later, we played golf. We're on the first tee. And I remember being like, so what do you do? He's like, well, nothing, man. And I was like, nothing. You want a job? He was like, yeah. So then for two years, we just worked together and we would travel around the world and, you know, we worked on the movie together and he kind of coordinated all of the experimentees and, and how to do the meditations properly. And yeah, we would just go, we'd work for like 20 minutes and then go play golf for eight hours. <laughs> and then David's going to be there. David Okolo has shot countless episodes of Adventures in Golf with his, you know, pinky. He's so talented. Um, and then we have a new friend, John, my friend, John messenger, old friend, but I haven't seen him in a while. And this is sort of goes back to the thing I was talking about. It's reconnecting with old friends. He came over to the house and we were talking and catching up. Hadn't seen him in so long. Such a good guy. And he goes, so what do you got coming up? John loves to travel. What do you got coming up? I said, I'm going to go to Japan. And he was like, oh, that's cool. Can I come? I was like, yeah, absolutely. So we go downstairs, get on the computer, book him flights, done. He's coming. So he's going to come and just hang out. He's a great photographer and an artist. Um, so he'll be there. And then uh, and then Shusaku Kakizawa is a Tokyo native who's lived in L.A. And he acted in some films. Uh, he was also a guest star in Lena Dunham's show, um, uh, Girls, with how I met him. And uh, he, he's, uh, he is like my favorite guy on earth. You know what I mean? Like he's one of these guys who's just like always interested, always open, very... Very, um, very yes person, you know, kind of, kind of just perfect. So I'm so excited to land with him and, you know, um, we're going to run around Tokyo and then we're going to run around another city down South. And then we're going to spend a couple of days off on an Island together, five boys on an Island. And, uh, we'll see how that goes. There's a lot of, a lot of onsens happening. You know what an onsen is? What is that? It's, a, it's like a spa. It's like a Japanese spa. But it's way cooler if you call it an onsen. 
Sounds like you're way more of a hipster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited. I'm really excited. Going to come back with some shoes. Um, yeah, we're going to try to do some interviews back there. If anyone knows anybody in Japan who you could think of, that'd be good. I was trying to find, like, you know, the right person. But, um, you know, I've got a couple of interviews still lined up. Luckily, I recorded a bunch before I lost my voice. Um, oh, yeah, this Thursday we have... Uh... Phil Rosenthal. Phil Rosenthal. Yeah, for the new uh, Netflix series, Somebody Feed Phil. Yeah. We don't really talk about golf too much, but we talk about food and travel. And also, I, I, I like when he got really real about like work and creative and arts, creative endeavors towards the end. I, I really like that. So Phil's coming up and then, um, and then go to for, the Masters. Oh, I was cool. going to say, uh, oh, yeah. And then we go to the Masters, and then pff, life continues happening. What else? I mean, I'm my voice, I'm kind of tired. Are you tired? Yeah. I need a coffee. It's so cold here. Like, drags you down. <laughs> Are you dying? 45 degrees outside. So cold. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much. Um, I think we're good. We did was that 50, yeah. 50 minutes. I think we got it. was it. like therapy. <laughs> it was like free therapy, everybody. Um, enjoy your week. It, any more questions like that, please send them along. Um, yeah, I mean, what else? Nothing else. Yeah. Well, we'd love to do an episode where we just answer all of your questions. So Would if we? you could, I didn't know send... that. <laughs> I, did, I did not know that. I guess we're brainstorming live. So if you could uh, send in questions, the Eric Ling Show at gmail.com or just direct message Eric on Instagram yeah. at Eric Anders Ling. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, DM me. Slide in. The water's yeah. warm. <laughs> have a great week everybody i can't wait to see you thursday and follow along this trip to japan is going to be epic i'm going to be literally just gorilla machine gun on the instagram story i apologize in advance but i go nuts when we travel my instagram hulk comes out i'm going to go nuts this week um i love all of you enjoy your games <laughs>